All right. Um, I was thinking of some joke to start with. I said, should I say, you lot are difficult to please? I said, no, I won't say that one. He said it. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Marvelous, and I'm married to Blessing. She's here. My three kids are also in church today. Um, it's Nation Sunday. It's amazing. So I think today we have a very great passage to, to go through. Um, so if you're coming here for the first time, you're welcome. If you're online, God bless you. Welcome to Grace Church. Um, it's Nation Sunday, but still we found a way to tie it into our series that is ongoing, which is um, being with Jesus through the book of Matthew. And it's important because all we're trying to do here is to step back and just look at Jesus, observe his life, look at his story, and get to learn what he stands for, what values, who he is, why he came. And the book of Matthew does that, and the story today does that even more. So for Nation Sunday, we are grateful to God that um, through Jesus Christ, as we've said again and again, and all the stories, we have an opportunity to become one family. That humanity that was once spread apart and and, and uh, you know, disjointed and uh, depended on wicked people and, and rulers to decide whether there would be unity or peace, can find through Christ oneness without limit. And that is what we celebrate today. So welcome to Nation Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you don't say hallelujah, I'll just say another joke. <laughs> All right. So, Father, thank you so much for this morning. I just pray for the spirit of discipline, discipleship, and obedience. Um, that as we hear your word, that it will flow into us, through us, and then impact lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll be reading from Matthew 20, from 20 to 28. Um, then the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to say this, because my kids spent since yesterday teaching me how to say mother. And at the end, they just say, just say, mom. Okay. <laughs> so then the mom of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. 22. You don't know what you're asking. Jesus said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered, a bit hastily, I think. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. 24, when the ten heard about this, that was the other disciples, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Great story. 
Great story. What a day. You know, there are three things that uh, makes this passage a little bit easier to understand, and I will just go into them a bit step. And what gives me the right to do that is because the passage starts with then. So something happened then. So permit me to go back. Three things. There is a quest. There is a promise. And there is a mission. The quest is that we have the disciples of Jesus. They seem to be crazy about greatness. Like from Matthew 16, all over the Bible, who is the greatest? They are arguing all the time. Several times they've come to Jesus to ask him, who among us is the greatest? Preoccupied about who is best, who is better, who dresses the best, who sings best. It wasn't about serving each other. There was this thing about competition going on. And in many times, Jesus at some point even brought a child, like JP said last time, and said, you know, you, if you want to be great, you'll be like this child. You know, you need to be like a child. Several times he's given them examples, spoken in parables, but they just continue this quest for greatness in the wrong direction. So in Matthew 19, verse 28, Jesus made a promise. He basically said that for everyone that, had, that follows me, that have left everything and followed me, that you would have a place in my kingdom. It was assured. The promise is given. So now it's not, they now stepped out. Oh, great, we have a place. But who would be in your left hand and in your right hand? Became their next quest. Now, that's the quest, the promise, but there was a mission. Just before this passage in verse 20, in verse 18 of Matthew 20, Jesus talked about, revealed his fate, the fate that was waiting for him as they headed to Jerusalem. He clearly said that he would be betrayed, he would be scorched, he would be handed over, punished, beaten, and that he will be killed. That the Son of Man is about to go face the most gruesome, painful experience of a man that has done nothing. And immediately after he said that, guess what is the next thing? Then the mom came and said, I want my sons, my lads, <laughs> my lads, to be at your right hand and your left hand. How does that feel if you've been with people, teaching them all over for years, and they still don't get it at the moment when you need them the most? So this request of the mother, you would say, is not strange, because she's been around with the disciples and with Jesus. But she was keen to make sure that they had proximity to prestige and glory. It wasn't about service and love. So that's why I think that today I've themed this message, living for the benefit of others. Greatness in God's kingdom, living for the benefit of others. How does this work? Now, I'll just try and look at verse 20, 22 to 23 here. When they asked for a place, Jesus said to them that, you know, you don't know what you ask. Can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they just say, yes, yes, we can. You know, when you become so ambitious that nothing else matters, it doesn't matter who you step on, it doesn't matter how you get there, the end justify the means type approach. And they just say, yes, 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 we will. And Jesus said, yeah, you will. You will drink this cup. And they did, right? We know the history that James, right in the Bible, was the first disciple to be metered. And John, his case was different. He, he, he didn't... 
Um, he wasn't my tired, but I, the story about him being fried in oil and he didn't fry. Um, he suffered. He went through so much pain, and in the end, he was um, banned into an island in Patmos where the book of Revelation was given to him. They all experienced the, 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 the challenge. They, they did drink of that cup. But some people do say maybe what Jesus was thinking then, since he was preoccupied with what's about to happen in Jerusalem, there was people that died on his left and his right hand. The crucifixion had three people. Jesus was in the middle. And maybe Jesus was thinking, like, is that what you really want? Well, maybe not, right? But the point here is that Jesus said to them that it is not me that would choose who stays on my left hand or my right hand, that these places are decided by the Father. What that means is that you can get in. The nations have a room. Praise God. Just imagine that all these years and all these prophecies from Genesis down to Revelation, that all along it is the Father that decides who gets what. Imagine that you come into Christianity and say, oh, by the way, you are position number 20 million. <laughs> it's all taken. Do you want this lot or not? And as you are thinking about it, somebody else jumps in, and now you want the next one or not? But it's not like that. The, the openness for diversity that Jesus allows right here, being obedient to the will of the Father, and being clear that the Father decides. And how does the Father decide? For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that we can all come in, not into a hierarchy of who is better, but into situations where he already predestined whom he wants you to be. Praise God. You are here to actually begin to walk the life that God has patterned for you. And as you've come into Christ, that opportunity opens before you. How do you step into your purpose, into whom you should be. And that's one of the most confusing things when people say purpose. You know, you start thinking, go to classes, read books, I'm looking for my purpose. It is to serve. How hard is that? It is to live for the benefit of others. Praise God. And the reaction of the other disciples is quite interesting because they were greatly displeased. And my daughter had me talking about this this morning. She came and said, don't use that they were angry. Just say they were a bit frustrated. <laughs> out. <laughs> um, I asked them just to teach me one thing, and now they feel like they are my teachers. <laughs> but yeah, they were, they were frustrated because somehow it was not out of, oh, we would have liked to do that job that they, they, they're about to get. No, because Jesus would have told any one of them that you would drink the cup. Because to be fair, if you look at history, they all went through the challenges of the enemy attacking and the kingdom of God forging forward. But it was more of jealousy of, oh, they, they got in before us. They sneaked it in before us. But they didn't realize that Jesus simply said, you all have your position. And one funny thing there is that when James and John makes this request, Jesus doesn't turn around and say, I promised you, that you have a place in the kingdom, and now you want more, you're out. Even though he knew their heart, even though he knew that these disciples, you know, look at what they did in Gethsemane. Pray, they slept. 
Look at what they did when Jesus was arrested. They ran away. But in all this, their salvation was assured. Hallelujah. If you think you've made mistakes still, you come in today, you, you feel the enemy has something he's picking you about, that you failed, you are out, you've made this, there's no, there is still room for you. The Bible says that I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even us. Hallelujah. If you can't separate yourself from the love of God, I don't think what else, because you know yourself so well that, hmm. <laughs> but we are assured and rest assured that we are in Christ. And because of this, we can start trying and failing and trying. The Bible says the righteous man fell it seven times, but he rises seven times. In the end, he is standing. Hallelujah. Can you, you know, whatever is going on in your life, could you just still stand? If you've fallen, stand again. You fall, keep standing. There is room that we will win in the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus said to them, the greatest lesson on leadership, that if any one of you want to be the greatest, mm -hmm. now, <laughs> I guess the next thing that I expect is this next level insight that changes the world, the Google insight or the Amazon insight. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope they're like, mm -hmm. next. <laughs> then you must serve. Oh. Hallelujah. If any one of you want to be there, because the world greatest solicits this, this pride in humanity, this, this thing about personalities. We don't connect greatness to service, but Jesus does that here. So leadership is service, right? And, you know, when we come to church, do we come to be served or to serve? I've met people that anytime they step into any space, they start looking for what, what can I contribute? Is their nature. And there are people that when they step into a space, what is wrong about this place? Is what they go for first. But there are people that just don't want to be seen. They are great at being invisible and present. Which one are you? Jesus is calling us that for anyone that desires to be great, let them serve. Praise God. Praise God. And so then there are people here that will say, oh, no, I don't want to be great. I met somebody in Glasgow working in Rolls Royce at the time. He said, he told, you know, he said, I'm not ambitious. I don't want to be great. How, what do you say to him? <laughs> <laughs> what other carrot can you throw? Said, I don't want to be great. I don't want. But Jesus is really calling us to something different here. Um, you know, the Bible talks about an invitation into the kingdom of God. Um, when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3, he seen something, and he wanted to step in a little bit more. He came at night, and Jesus said to him, if you want to get into this, you must be born again. To see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You're like, I don't understand. I'm already grown up. And then Jesus said the next thing. For you to enter, you have to be born of the water and the spirit. There is two dimensions to becoming a child of God or to becoming born again that comes in here. 
We all see the kingdom of God. We've come into Christ. We've given our life to Christ. But have we entered into that experience of a day-to-day life in Christ? Praise God. If I asked you to just close your eye and say, Jesus, do you feel a relationship? Have you entered? Or do you see the beautiful songs, the prophecies, the great worship? Have you entered into the experience? Because how do you step from seeing to experiential living for the benefit of others? How does that work? Hallelujah. That's what we are being called into. To go from just seeing to living. And it's not difficult to start that. It's just find a place to serve in his kingdom for the benefit of others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see Jesus changing their mindset. His response is about leadership and selflessness. Service. Putting others first. The Bible goes as far as saying, consider others better than you. It's hard. But how do you do that? You act it. Just serve them. Because mentally it might be difficult. But as you provide that person service, you already consider them better than you. So we can enter into experiential living for Christ by serving one another. Thinking about how can I help this person to experience the healing of God? Maybe because I understand it better. Or the grace of God. Maybe because I understand it better. Or the the prosperity in Christ. Maybe because I have more. Or the energy of God. I mean, if you want to go help me in my allotment, have some energy. I'm not recruiting. Praise God. How can we really begin to live a life of service? And you could say to me that people in the world, they are already doing this. You know, there's a lot of service going out there. But this is different. Very different. And I'll tell you why. Jesus made it clear to them that the rulers of this world, they lord it over each other. They like to be in authority because it gives them who they are. They are not doing it for God. They just like to be in the positions of authority to show off. And Jesus is calling us to say that's not what it's about. We should not be like that in the church, in our personal life, even at home. He's calling us to something different. The kingdom of God seems to turn everything around. They've hoped for authority, but he's called them to service. But like in everything, the first become the last. Remember the people that were recruited and they worked all day? And the guys that came last work, they got the same salary. The first became the last. The sinners get forgiven in this kingdom. And the sinless pay the price. He that owed so much is forgiven. It's a different kingdom. And so we are different. And we are not being called to be different just so that we, we, we hang around being different. We are called to be different so that we can actively choose to impact God's community. There is something that you have to offer. Every one of us can serve. Praise God. And I'm so grateful that to experience God and his power, to let others experience God through you, God gives us a formula that costs us nothing. To serve is so free. Anyone can do it. Hallelujah. So you are in on this. Praise God. 
So where can we choose to serve? At home? Better wives, better husband, better kids? It's not about better. It's about your heart. Looking out for others first and taking steps. Being the Christ that they see. Making mistakes while doing it, but taking corrections and trying again. Praise God. At church, we have the food bank, the baby basics, 12 o'clock service. We have kids welcome. We have visuals. We have the choir. There's opportunities to serve. At some point, we have to hear the voice of Jesus saying, don't just come in somewhere and sit every day, come and go and let others bother about how it runs. Get involved. Praise God. Get involved. Follow Jesus' example. Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of the Lord just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow in the step of Jesus. Seek opportunities to lift others. And here I have a story and a good example. And great enough, he's so close to me because he's my younger brother. He's been here before. Um, he started off a charity called Decamp. And it's all about, he's always had this mindset that he wanted to be a pastor when he was young. And I was like, ooh, you won't make any money. <laughs> but I have come to realize when he was here last time, because it was his birthday, and there was almost 50 people online celebrating him. I thought I understood what he was doing, but I understood it on that day when I heard testimonies, families after families, that he has helped with just knowledge that he had about how to get scholarships. 150 people in the US and all over the world that he's helped for free to get scholarships. And you see them cry. You see them express gratitude to God. What they thought was impossible became possible for them for meeting him. And he's gone ahead to summarize this in a book. I'll show this to you. Again, this is something that he was trying to do. I didn't understand. But he said, till we all win, we are all work in progress. Till we all win. I, 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 I got to understand this mindset through him. The mindset of selflessness, of service. Praise God. So there is, we are not being called to something that is fluffy and broken. We are being called to a foundation that is sure, the kingdom of God. There is pride and power in our service, but yet it is humble and simple. I saw a video of a satanist that just gave his life to Christ, and what was his reason? That a Christian gave him a hug. Hug! <laughs> Praise God. What makes us different is that our service is driven by the Holy Spirit. We are not randomly serving like the world. We are not showing up to do great programs. We have this excellency in eating vessels so that the power of God can be shown to people. We are not serving empty. Walk with a mindset that you have something in you, that when you give bread, it's not just bread. When you give a hug, it's not just hug. Actually, what you are doing 
is that you are serving humanity, but you are leading heaven. You are serving humanity, but you are leading the kingdom of heaven into situations, into places. We have to understand that Jesus had to come physically. And as the kingdom of God expands, it expands through physical activities that must be done by man, you. Our service is powerful. There is angels, the host of heaven, watching us as we run our race, looking for opportunities through us to sneak in a help there, to bless somebody, to heal that person. There are angels. There is the host of heaven. Oh my. The Bible says that the eye of God goes to and fro, seeking for whom, through whom he will bless others. Hallelujah. We are flows. We, we, we just let the kingdom flow through us. We are ambassadors. I think the Bible says it clearly. Maybe I'll keep trying, but let me just let God speak. He um, says, for Ephesians 5.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act on behalf of his good purpose. When you serve as a Christian, it's not you. It's God. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, I didn't write that, <laughs> into his marvelous light. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are a chosen generation. We are ambassadors of heaven, leading heaven, serving earth. Leading heaven, serving earth for the purpose that we live a life that benefits others. Praise God. Your bank account of what heaven wants to do through you is limitless. Start writing the checks in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do I have more time? No? Okay. <laughs> so that brings me, that brings us to the end of this message. <laughs> But thank God that today is Nation Sunday and we can celebrate the opportunity to serve each other. But my prayer today is that as you live here today, don't be the same. You're not being asked to do something out of so difficult. Are you serving or being served? That's the question. Answer this question every moment. And God bless you in Jesus' name. Call up the band, please.